0: Welcome to The Storytellers, the radio show and podcast that features those who choose to leave their mark on the world through the art of story. I'm your host, Grace Salmon. I look forward to our time together today. Now, let's meet our storyteller. Welcome to episode 72 of The Storytellers, where we would chat with Carol Vandenhende, who will inspire us with hope and empathy for people and the planet. Her two award winning books. Goodbye Orchid and Orchid Blooming, have won not one awards, but over 20 literary awards. Carol is an amazing contributor to the book world, and her mission, and I love this, is to unlock optimism as a writer, speaker, strategist, board member, and climate leader. Carol, welcome to the Storyteller's Microphone.
1: It's an honor to be with you, Grace. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. I have to tell you that I always enjoy prepping for each of my episodes, but prepping for this episode was particularly enjoyable for me because quite honestly, you may be the most purpose-driven writer I have ever met. Talk to us about your purpose. Grace, that is incredible. Given the um, caliber of guests that you have on your show
1: to hear that, thank you so much for that um, amazing introduction. And so, You know, the purpose-driven nature really comes, I think, from when, even when I was a little kid, just always thinking about ways that I could make a difference or give back. And over time, especially through my corporate career, I've learned so many tools to really help articulate that. And so um, what I've done is really craft my own strategy for myself as an author, for myself as a person. And when I ask myself the inspiring purpose question... Why do I do what I do beyond the obvious profit and functional purposes? The answer came to me that I really, when I think about everything I do across work and writing, the community, I aim to inspire hope and empathy for people and planet. And I'm so fortunate that I get to be able to do those things, whether it be in my corporate day job, whether it be serving the community um, on boards of directors and writing.
0: I'm impressed even that you have that purpose-driven question, so rephrase the purpose-driven question or say it again for us. Because I bet a lot of people just by asking the question that concretely could already move their football down the field, if you will.
1: This is a question that I often ask authors when I'm working with them. So I've been speaking at writers' conferences for the last eight or ten years. One of my foundational courses that I teach is called "As uh, Around Author Brand," and it's. Um, the question is, why does brand matter? Why do readers care? And I t- to walk people through a framework to think about their brand. And at the center of that framework, such a linchpin question is what I call an inspiring purpose question. And it is such a seemingly simple question, one that we can ask ourselves, you know, and could maybe even shift over time. It's definitely worth the time asking ourselves this question. What is the reason I do... What I do beyond the obvious profit and functional purposes. Because of course, we can say maybe people say they go to work for the money. You know, that's an obvious profit or functional purpose, but really thinking about our deeper why. This always reminds me of Simon Sinek's work. You're you're probably familiar with, you know, his thinking about really clarifying the why before the what and the how. And for me, it acts as a barometer my true north? You know, am I doing the right thing by spending time on this? Is it living up to my purpose?
0: And I love that it also gives us pause, because especially in the writing community, you know, we're doing that next Facebook post, we're doing that next social media engagement, or whatever it is. And I think that question so beautifully stated by you, Carol, has us saying, Am I doing the right thing? Am I following that true north? Or I am, I may be working very hard. I may be very, very busy, but is it feeding my soul? And is it bringing empathy for other people and the planet? So let's dive into a little bit because there's so much I want to talk to you about today. But tell us about your two books, beautifully written, heartwarming and heart wrenching at the same time. It's really
1: true and readers have told me that. I would love to introduce you and your readers to both Orchid Blooming, in which we meet character Orchid Page. She's 27 when we meet her. She's a marketer in the beauty industry. And what's really marked her life is tragedy. At a young age, she lost her parents and witnessing their death has been a trauma that she's carried into adulthood. And now she is she's half Asian, so her um, mom is Chinese by ancestry and her um, dad is from England. And so just like my twins are half Asian, she is half Asian as well. And this plays a role because now as an adult, what she wants more than anything is to win a work trip to China, to feel closer to the memory of her mother, as a way to find that connection to the parents that she lost at too young of an age. And as a result of striving for that, she is met with obstacles. Her boss tells her she needs more advertising experience. And so she meets the head of an ad agency agency and she convinces him to mentor her, to give her the experience she needs. But the two of them, although the chemistry is just off the charts, she has promised to keep their relationship business all business in arm's length, and she has to fight to overcome that natural chemistry that they have. As well, the work he gives her is with um, with combat wounded veterans, and it actually triggers her own unresolved PTSD. Both books are inspired by combat wounded veterans, and so, Orchid blooming really shines a light on PTSD awareness. And then Goodbye Orchid, which chronologically comes afterwards and tells a story about Phoenix and Orchid and what happens when an accident befalls Phoenix and changes him forever. And essentially um, leads him to believe that in order for him to really honor Orchid's trauma in her past and to protect her, that he may need to hide what's happened to himself through the accident in order to really care for her. And that's why it's called Goodbye Orchid.
0: Two beautiful um, dovetailed synopses. So thank you for those. And I have not had the privilege yet, but you are on my TBR list up first in the new year. And I can't wait for both of them. They're both there. So should I read one before the other?
1: Orchid blooming would chronologically come first. So you could start there and then go to a Goodbye
0: Orchid. Okay. Now. I was interested by the inspiration for this, these combat wounded veterans, where does that dovetail into your own life?
1: So you know where this started as so much writing, you know, comes from a very personal place and that is the case with me as well. So I've always loved literature and I've always penned stories even as a little kid, but didn't really think of myself as an author. Until we came to a time in our lives that we were having, my husband and I were having a hard time with one of our twins. And it was such a, you know, kind of hard time for us that I turned to writing as a place of solace. You know, I was really writing for myself and pouring my heart out on the page. It was during this difficult time that I'd seen stories on the news about combat wounded veterans. And what struck me was not so much that they were, you know, woe is me and the the hardship they'd gone through. It was really that they were so strong and resilient to overcome tremendous odds. And it seemed to me if they could get overcome those things and get better from these really traumatic incidents that we could, my husband and I could make it through the hardship that we were going through. And it was that inspiration that showed up on the pages. First of Goodbye Orchid, which came out at the end of 2020. And then in Orchid Blooming, which came out just a few months ago.
0: So did you interview combat veterans or what kind of research did you do for this?
1: the research took two major camps one there was desk research which is i read everything i could get my hands on watched videos and really tried to learn about the experience of combat wounded veterans because in goodbye orchid um phoenix is injured in a way that is similar to what combat wounded veterans might experience so even though the characters aren't military veterans themselves their experience and his character arc follows the arc of a combat wounded veteran And so after the desk research, I found that there were still open questions for me. I still wondered about aspects of the recovery, Um, some physical aspects, but also the emotional, the mental aspects of, of recovery. And so I found that I needed to tap into more resources. I was able to speak firsthand with doctors, surgeons, psychologists, therapists, social workers, which was incredibly illuminating and helpful. And then ultimately, I was able to speak directly with combat wounded veterans. These were incredibly moving experiences. For instance, Sergeant Brian Anderson um, offered to help me, even though he didn't know me before I'd been writing this book. I'd simply reached out to him after reading his memoir and was so open about his life, willing to answer any questions from me, and also willing to read my work to ensure that I was really showcasing something in an appropriate way. Because I have such respect for the experience of combat wounded veterans, I wanted to do their journey justice. And to do it justice, it needed to be authentic. And it meant so much to me to have combat wounded veterans as sensitivity readers to ensure that the storytelling was you know, really true to what um, the experience of combat wounded veterans. And Brian, he's just such an inspiring perp- person. He um, had been blown up in Iraq, and he tells the story of waking up in a dusty Iraqi road after an IED, an improvised um, explosive device, blew up his Humvee, waking up. And although his fellow soldiers were trying not to let him see what had happened, he saw in that instant that the IED had taken both his legs and his left hand, and that in that moment, he just thought to himself, life will never be the same again. And it's been true. But what is really amazing, when I talk about the strength and resilience, is that he believes his life is actually better now. He has become such a strong person, and he feels he's become a person he couldn't have been if he hadn't been through that experience. And now he lives a very full life as a disability advocate, um, works for a wheelchair company helping to design and market wheelchairs, um, works as a motivational speaker. He just has this incredibly rich life now.
0: And I think that's so true for many of us. It, you know, thank goodness I've never had to do that horrible scene of what he had to do. But most of us don't know in that instance, whether it's you having trouble with your one of your children or the horror that he faced and other combat veterans face, that we can be better on the other side. And that is the hope that you like to bring to your entire message, isn't it?
1: It is. That's exactly it. That's what I want it. That's what I want to share. And what I makes me so happy is when readers tell me that I've accomplished my goal. Readers say that they feel this deepened empathy, this greater optimism after the pages of Goodbye Orchid and Orchid Blooming. That makes it all worth it because you know as a fellow author, it is hard work, um but it makes it worth it when we can touch
0: the hearts and minds of readers. Absolutely. In both of your books, Orchid Blooming and Goodbye Orchid, you carry that message. Was hope always something you were striving for? Is hope always something you had? I think
1: it's inherent inside of me, but also, so really it's after the works were created, after the writing was done and after I'd seen the finished product and I was able to say, what is this actually delivering? What's the benefit if someone reads Goodbye Orchid or Orchid Blooming? And I realize it is, it's hope, it's optimism, and it's empathy for disability awareness, for trauma, for PTSD, for honestly any challenges in life. But I do think it comes, it stems from somewhere deep inside of me to start with, that I tend to have an optimistic outlook, that I'm looking for the positive in things, because that just seems like a better, you know, approach than the opposite.
0: Well, I agree. And, you know, I think any of us who have been touched with mental illness in our families or within our friends, we also know that that gift of optimism is a gift that not every, you know, every people struggle with various things. So I too always look for the good and I'm optimistic, but I also, um, realize that for some people, books like your own are such a huge help because they let people see into a window that may not be their normal view to have that um, opportunity. One of the other things I enjoyed so much, Carol, in preparing for our interview today was that you come out of a strong marketing background and uh, you have a strong author brand. You know, if if we see a post of yours, we know it's yours. So let's talk a little bit about author brand. And then I want to talk about the power of words. Go, Go ahead and tell us about pretty- brand.
1: Okay. Yeah. So author brand, I mean, I speak about this topic and I was just speaking with a writer's group out in California. I've been speaking at multiple conferences this year. I was at Novelist Inc. and IBPA. I really enjoy speaking. And author brand is such a foundational topic to talk about. And I think that because... Sometimes people who speak at writer's conferences aren't marketers by trade. They conflate a few concepts and they talk about brand and branding in the same breath. And sometimes it causes confusion among authors. And so my mission when I speak at writer's conferences is to try to demystify marketing and to really simplify so that author brand, we can simplify it down to one word. It's really our promise. What's our promise to our readers? They come to the page, we're asking them to spend hours with our work. What are we delivering as a result? And so I help authors through this process by asking themselves five you know, sim- seemingly simple questions, but they require some deep thought to really articulate their brand promise. And then they can think about the visual identity or the branding and how that might show up on a social media post or on a website or in how you might dress to represent your brand yeah so that's it that's how i think about it
0: well it's so important and i fell into brand if you will for me you will you know my work is all about it and i love you just helped me clarify something in my own mind all of my writing and my work is about how do people leave their mark on the world is it through the art of story or is it through the art of volunteerism or what how do we leave our mark on the world and that's why people will always see the handprints behind me because it is about so those are the two things so, so thank you you just helped me i didn't have to take your course but i would love to because my brand is how do we leave our mark on the world and then the visual is that so thank you that was hugely helpful, and I hope helpful to some of our authors as well. You are a marketer, uh, and that's where you come from professionally. How has that helped you um, in the selling of your two amazing books, Orchid Blooming and Goodbye Orchid?
1: The marketing background has been so helpful, and I have loved my careers in marketing and strategy, and now I sit on the digital technologies leadership team governing digital um, transformation, as well as working on digital for sustainability. Um, the marketing has been really helpful i've loved you know marketing brands around the world like m&ms and twix and three musketeers mm-hmm. and milky way and some really you know household favorites it has helped me in terms of thinking about the why behind what i do and then how to do it. So beyond author brand there's also visual identity and then there's how do you create marketing platforms, how do you find and reach and engage readers and really, you know, kind of bring them along the path to getting to know you. I think this is what readers are seeking is to find not just the work itself, but to know authors. And this is probably an evolution that hadn't always been the case. I find when I was growing up reading authors I loved, I didn't feel like they were so attainable or reachable or that I could have a one-to-one relationship with them. But nowadays I think readers expect to be able to get to know the authors. Now, of course there are exceptions and, and that's fine. But I think when authors do allow a bit of their authentic selves to show through, that can be a really wonderful way to make a connection with a reader. And in fact, I talk about that in my author brand class, because sometimes authors shy away from the idea of marketing. They don't like the idea of brand because they think it's about artifice and they think that they have to be someone that they're not. But actually that authenticity will shine through and will create that connection and that engagement.
0: And that idea of vulnerability, right? Whether it's... Mm -hmm. um, in a social media post or whether it's back to your books, that idea of you're know you laying flat out in the middle of a road and you are so vulnerable. Hmm. I read something that you spoke about recently, which was about the power of words. And I think any of us in the author community and the reading community as well loves it when an author gets the words just right. And I loved that you, like myself, love to be able to bring a reader to tears. And uh, there's something very manipulative about that, Um, but delightfully manipulative. So talk about your love of being able to bring your readers to tears.
1: It sounds so terrible when we put it that way. It (laughs) sounds so like cold hearted. But actually, I think the reason we as authors love that is because it means that we're able to touch someone, that we can evoke emotion and how powerful to be able to do that using You know, the combination of 26 letters, that's what we're, that, that, those are our tools. And to be able to evoke emotion with something that um, is also used to in technical journals, in, you know, all other kinds of ways, that is a gift to be able to evoke that emotion in fiction. And I remember the first time that I realized that Goodbye Orchid should be on the path to publication instead of just writing for myself, which is what I originally thought. I thought I was writing for myself. And so as I was writing Goodbye Orchid, I reached out to writers, groups, in my area. I joined one called Women Who Write. They have critique groups that meet in person. So once every two weeks, we would meet around Mary Lee Waldron's kitchen table in Bernardsville, New Jersey, and we would read our work aloud to each other in order to get feedback and to learn. It was a wonderful place for me to start my writing career and to get that feedback. And I remember the moment that I read the chapter in which Phoenix Walker, the main character in Goodbye, Orchid, the head of the ad agency, he wakes from his accident in the hospital, looks down the hospital bed and sees what's happened to himself. When I read that chapter aloud to this group of writers, I was able to bring this table of authors to tears. And that experience, feeling that emotion in the room, realizing that my words, that my fictional character, who actually feels very real to me and feels real to readers, they tell me that he feels so real to them, as well as Orchid Page, to be able to uh, um, move an entire table of writers to tears was such a heady moment, but also made me realize that the work could touch, it wasn't just for me, the work could touch people, touch people's hearts and touch people's lives. And so that's the moment at which
0: I decided to pursue
1: publication.
0: And we are so glad that you did. These are two books in a series. Is there a third or what's next for you? There is a
1: third. And so the third I'm working on for 2023, I have um, a really well written, um, you know, draft that's been through a set of developmental edits. And now I'm heading into copy edits.
0: Fabulous. I can't wait to read all three, Carol. As we close out today's episode, is there something quirky about you or perhaps not as purpose-driven?
1: You know, I was thinking um, as we were talking, you probably couldn't see on camera, but running around, I have two cats. And the reason this is quirky is because I'm actually very allergic to cats. But ever since I was a little girl, I've just loved cats. I remember there was a neighborhood stray cat who had adopted me. He had come to me and wanted to be with me all the time. And so, you know, ever since very, very little, I've always wanted cats. He was an orange cat. And now since then, as an adult, we've had a number of cats, some gray cats, some, you know, tabby striped cats. Just earlier this year, we found out that we were um, chosen to have these two kittens who are orange again. So now I feel like it's come full circle, you know, my very first orange cat. And now I have two orange cats. These two are Siberian, so they're supposed to be more hypoallergenic than other cats. And so that helps um, me deal with my allergies. I can live with them and be okay. I'm willing to go through great lengths, I guess is the quirky part, despite my allergies having two cats in the house.
0: Well, this is wonderful. Carol Vandenhenda, you have been an amazing storyteller. Your book, Goodbye, Orchid and Orchid Blooming, amazing on my um, TBR for the very start of the new year. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much, Grace. Take care. You do as well. This has been a copyrighted episode of The Storytellers by Grace Salmon and authors on the air, Global Radio Network. That concludes this episode of The Storytellers. I'm so glad you could be part of the story today. I hope you share the stories, tell your own, and come back for another episode. Because when our stories are told, everything changes. I'm Grace Salmon.